All my life, the devil's house was always just down the street and around the corner from our place. When I was growing up, my family moved around a lot, small towns, suburbs, wherever my old man could find work. And yet, everywhere we went, the devil's house would always be waiting for us. My family would settle in at our new place, and my sister and I would set out to explore our new neighborhood. This was before parents started keeping an eye on the kids every minute of the day. It was in that golden era when they could actually explore the world on their own, and maybe get scraped and bruised without somebody filing a lawsuit. It was a time when kids could have fun and learn a little about themselves in the process. Claire and I would set off to explore whatever new town we moved to, but we'd never have to go far. Everywhere we went, it was just a few blocks away, the house of the devil himself. It was massive, dark, foreboding, and surrounded by a wrought iron fence with lethal spikes up top. There it is, one of us would say when we came to it. Then we'd go on about other adventures and not think much about the devil's house again until Halloween rolled around. Strange how the things you grew up with seem like a normal part of life. Didn't everyone somehow live a few blocks away from the devil? We never thought to ask. The best night of the year for Clara and me was Halloween. After the sun went down, the gate in front of the devil's property would swing open so kids could pass the fence, walk along the winding path, and trick-or-treat at the massive black door. Halloween was the only day of the year the gate would open, and then only after dark. We looked forward to these Halloween sojourns all year long. We stand outside the open gate a long, long time before making our mad dash for the door. Our little hands snake up and grab the iron knocker at the same time. It's almost too hot to touch, but we lift it and then bring it down to knock once, twice, three times. The sound echoes as if through a cavern. It takes the devil a long time to answer, but that's okay. We're on our own in an era before helicopter parents. We stand there in thrown-together costumes, peering through the tiny eyeholes of plastic masks, the elastic bands cutting into the backs of our heads. We hold pillowcases and sweaty fingers, enduring mortal fear for nothing more than candy and thrills. Unearthly vibrations, almost too big to be sound, rumble through our feet and straight up to our hearts. Something immensely heavy approaches from within, and I suddenly find Claire's hand in mine. At no other time would I be caught dead holding my sister's hand but in front of the devil's door, it doesn't matter. The door finally opens with a cold silence, and he stands before us. He's tall, dressed in black, and because it's Halloween, he wears a silly dime-store mask like ours. Heat radiates from him, as from a furnace, and I smell the fabric of his clothes starting to burn. His red eyes blaze from behind the eye-holes of Casper the Friendly Ghost, it occurs to me that if the cheap, elastic band were to break, his mask would fall, and we'd see his true face. Fear surges through me at the thought. Somehow, terror never stops us from performing the old ritual. Trick or treat! He doesn't say a word. He never does. He merely peers through us and tosses treats into our pillowcases. He gives the best treats, too. No fruit, no sugar-free garbage, 
and none of those fun-size or bite-size things. No, the devil doles out real candy bars, loaded with nuts and sugar and every deliciously unhealthy thing. Claire and I screw up our courage to look inside. The interior of the devil's house is an embassy, like how an American embassy in another country is considered American soil. Inside the devil's house is a little slice of hell, and even though we catch only the barest glimpses through the eye holes of our masks, that glimpse is terrifying. And that is why Halloween was always the best night of the year.